Let the words of my lips and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. I'm honestly, it's not, it's not one of my favorite books in the Bible, but maybe I'm a little grateful for 1 Timothy today, which is a little bit gentler than the gospel. You're like, I got out of bed for that passage. It's hard stuff, and we don't get to skip the hard stuff. We don't get to. So... Um, I'm going to take a little bit of liberty and try to handle this passage in a different way than maybe traditionally has been handled. Let's start with the reality that God creates humanity. God creates humanity and says that it is good. There is a blessing that happens before anything else happens in Scripture. Actually, it's really good, right? God creates humanity. And it doesn't mean that we don't err or drift away, but before anything else, we are a reflection of the image of God. Humanity is a reflection. The profoundness of the Christian witness, one of the truths that we not only proclaim but model our faith and lives on, is that every human being is made in the image of God. This is the charge that we're given on Sundays. It's the baptisms that we so frequently have here. We respect the dignity of every human being, but this is precisely because human beings are the bearer of the image of God. This is why our care for each other our response to human need and suffering is so vital for our faith because we are called to care for the image bearer of God. Now, I, like many of you, have kind of boldly proclaimed that or said, yes, I will with God's help so many times that I think that maybe we gloss over. We think that it's easy, but it is profoundly difficult it's why we need God's help in Christian community. It's the work of our entire lives. I mean, consider this past week. It is easy. It's easy to find outrage when the image bearers of God are manipulated and shipped out of town in a political game. That's easy. That's easy to be upset. But consider how difficult it is to consider that the people who make those decisions or people who others may think don't take safety or the well-being of our country seriously or the person who has the obnoxious bumper sticker that we lump into a category are also the image bearers of God. This is why it gets tricky, right? This is why it's difficult to say that every single person reflects that image. That work gets profoundly more difficult. We don't get to live in a world necessarily of who is right or wrong. We get to live in a world where we are committed to seeing the image of God in each other. 
and to reveal that image to the world. We don't get to skip the hard stuff. Now, we'll pivot. Um, I love I love art, and um, I'm, I'm grateful that we have, uh, there, there's an exhibit, you can wander the halls. I hope some of y'all, y'all have done this. It's a, you know, to have that kind of creativity and that expression that fills our, our walls with hope and color um, throughout the current exhibit has landscapes and cotton fields and stormy skies and a glitter moon and mud under the surface and flowers. And, and what I love about art is the way that, that we can take a blank canvas and it can morph into a journey and an expression and, and it can lead our eyes to see what we haven't seen before. A canvas becomes filled with imagery and the images invite us into something new. My hope is that the hallway brings a smile to your face, a temporary expression of color and creativity that unlocks a vision for unearthing what we couldn't see before. And yet this understanding of art and creativity has limitations. I've been reading a book by Arthur Brooks about how we understand our own professional development and, and how we find purpose and sec- success and happiness in the second half of, half of our life. Um, I know y'all are all like, why is he worried about the second half of his life already? <laughs> It's called um, Strength to Strength. It's pretty, pretty profound. Um, Brooks is, early in the book, he's visiting Taiwan, specifically the National Palace Museum. And he's hired a person to, to lead him around and look at some specific pieces of art. And he's, he's looking at this large jade carving of the Buddha from the, the Qing Dynasty. And his guide offers him this reflection on how the Eastern view of art differs from the Western view. The guide poses a simple question. When you imagine a work of art yet to be started, what do you think of? And Brooke gives the same answer that I would have given, an empty canvas. And the guide responds, right, that's because you Westerners see art as something that is created from nothing. In the East, we believe the art already exists, and our job is simply to reveal it. It's not visible because we add something, but because we take away the parts that are not art. Where you and I or Brooks would see a blank canvas as an image for unstarted art, the guide sees an uncarved block of jade that was called or destined or intended to be the Buddha. It just needed the unnecessary parts to be chipped away until it reached its ultimate purpose. Now, I find this metaphor profound to me because it's easy to imagine our our lives as canvases, and we begin to, to fill that canvas with, with beauty and experience and heartache. And it paints this incredibly profound masterpiece for the world to appreciate that highlights all that joy and inspiration. But it has limitations because we make choices. And then that art becomes corrupted or destroyed. And we see it as a completed project. But consider the alternative. 
What if instead our lives, or maybe who we are called to be by God, has always been known? The image of God is already there, underneath the surface. Our lives being a giant block that has to, through our own learning, through our humility, through our mistakes and ignorance, through our hurt and self-reflection, through the giving of ourselves, we slowly chip away to uncover what has always been there and yet not fully realized, the image of God. What if we aren't a blank canvas at all? And the work of Christian community in our faithful living is to uncover and unearth that very image. In this story from Luke, I've been wondering if it's significant that the poor man who has been ignored his whole life, who even the dogs licked his sores, has a name, Lazarus. And it's the rich man who has no name, who's left to be in agony. And it's profound to me that the person he needs relief from the person that he's asking to relieve him is Lazarus himself. He says to dip his finger in cool water and give him relief. There's a shift. Lazarus all of a sudden has purpose. It's not that he is just in kind of, he's in the place of comfort, but he has purpose. He can relieve the suffering of the very person who has failed to relieve his own. I mean, that's the gospel narrative. It's a difficult story because we hear of this unpassable chasm, and yet our theology says that there is one way to pass that. It's the grace of God. That's what we believe, that this story that we're hearing is not yet finished. In the story, the poverty, the pain, the suffering of Lazarus is chipped away to reveal the image of the one created by God. Because Lazarus is the one who, who is to offer mercy and love and reflect that healing. Send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. The gift of who Lazarus really is is revealed. Today, and it feels weird on this, this passage, but um, I wish we should probably look at the lectionary um, when we're actually creating our plan for the year. Um, <laughs> we wouldn't have done it or I'd have changed the text, but that's not really the game that we play. Um, on Friday, we mailed out our stewardship letters for 2023. You should receive those on Monday. Um, you'll also get an email tomorrow. tomorrow. Um, that's the, the practice of, of giving. Um, there's not a doubt in my mind that our community is not filled with people who give unconditionally of themselves, who give of their time, talent, and treasure in profound ways. The last year has taught me more than ever that Jesus demands that we give of ourselves. We give our lives to him, and yet through that, we find life. That's how we find life and find it abundantly. 
I have no doubt that as you hold your pledge cards this year and reflect on your own practice of giving, that it will lead us to be the community that God has called us to be. And I offer you the image that these practices of giving away of what you have, of giving away your money, of giving away your time and talent, of giving your emotional bandwidth to sit with those in our community that are in need, the giving of your talents to build up the kingdom of God. What that does is that chips us away until the image of God that is bared upon you is revealed. It's my hope that we learn to see that image in ourselves. And we learn it to see it in each other so that no Lazarus is ever left at the gate again. Amen. Amen.